Just what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all That sounds like a party about Welcome, to begin, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Uh, we are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and on today's show, we are on location at Cigar Town. Oh, and yeah. when I think of towns that I want to be a part of, <laughs> Cigar Town would be at the top we, of that list downtown of Cigar Town. That's right. right that's right. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming out today, man. We're, uh, we're <laughs> off you. Veldridge uh, Boulevard in uh, Houston. Uh, it's west, like towards Katy, if you're coming from uh, downtown Houston, but uh, it is a wonderfully uh, relaxed chill kind of a cigar lounge and we met now i don't know daniel goodwin the proprietor of cigar town yes is here with us and yeah. Dan, now daniel i don't know if you and ian know each other from before but i met you first when all of us went to no, honduras that's when we all met yeah, yeah. yeah. we were okay. all on that same trip together uh, we, down at uh, aladino right we went down to the aladino factory and farm and it was very educational and i will say I have never smoked more cigars in a 48-hour period <laughs> than when we were there at the Aladino. Uh, I loved I love that they just had a buffet. Oh, yeah. So it, there was, was all those like cigars out. Self-serve, all you can smoke. Yeah. It was Cigar great. Buffet. It was, it was just, but uh, their cigars are really, really good. They are, you know, there are some cigar brands that you can't find at your, you know, uh, brick-and-mortar stores. Yeah. Aladino is the opposite. You can't find them online. You have to go right. into to go a, exactly. uh, a cigar shop because shop. they are real believers in supporting the uh, cigar shop retail environment. And, by the way, they make some damn fine cigars. So Daniel just brought us right before the show. Uh, well, this is the Connecticut, right? This is the Aladino, Connecticut. This, they released the Connecticut. Like He had some uh, with them. Uh, Tom... Uh, Polar had some with them for us to smoke on the way on the drive to. That's, that's right. I remember just, that. They yeah. were just out and just about yes. to be released. Just, so that just was about released. We got them uh, firsthand. And that was awesome. I, I will say uh, one of the things I like a lot about them is being a sort of a medium to full guy in terms of where my sweet spot is for cigars. Sometimes when I smoke a Connecticut, it, it's just I just don't enjoy it that much. It's kind of like drinking a super light beer that uh, that doesn't have as much flavor. But these Aladino Connecticut's, these are loaded with flavor. Lots of toast, lots of... Uh, that, nutty flavors. That, yeah, that really a nutty sort of... Cashew kind of Reminds me of, it. yeah, reminds me of when you take like almond slivers and you put them on a pan and kind of broil them. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> nice. Like if you're going to use them in a salad or something like yes. that. Yes. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of that. It's just got a great sort of like homey flavor to it. And uh, and it also uh, stands up pretty well uh, with uh, with the beer. I'm drinking a show beer already, the uh, lawnmower from, uh, from St. Arnold. And it works just fine with that. So it's a nice, I think it's, I think this is a cigar that would go with Almost anything. Like I could see having this with a with a whiskey. This is you know. Uh, this is one of those cigars that um, if you're if you're someone who's interested in smoking um, 
and smoking cigars, but you're not sure where to start. This is a great one to start on because it's got tons of great flavor, but it is also very mild in the overall scheme of things. Um, But it's not mild and disinteresting. It's Mm -hmm. mild and has some complexity to it. Said so much better than I did just a moment ago. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the Connecticut's that I like. Because a lot of times, you, you talked about that, that some of the lighter ones don't have enough going on. Right. But yeah. this right. one's got a whole lot of flavor to it without the strength. So it is something nicer to start in the morning with. Or, yes, if you're, if you're not smoking something fuller, and, great, great stick to grab. I yeah. mean, I don't mind starting in the morning with a cup of coffee and a chisel. Yeah. But, no, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a little too much. Well, we have run much. into some guys, though, that like fuller-bodied cigars yep, in the morning. So yes. uh, I like fuller body cigars pretty much any time. But I will say with this, one of the things that goes very well with is rum. And the reason I know this is because they had rum at the uh, oh, Alameda yeah, place. Oh, yeah, the Florida Yeah, the, so and, good. and do you remember that one? Who was that dude that was on the trip that kept taking the Florida Kanye, uh, uh 18 and making, like, <laughs> rum was, and coke That was it. the guy. What was the guy's name? He had the shop in um, Kansas? In, uh, no, in... Uh, uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes. And I'm yes. like, dude, and I only... can't remember his name, but yes, we, I remember we that... cringed every time. Yeah, we're like, we're dude, like oh, there's, wait. There's <laughs> only one bottle of that. There's the eight right there. It's wonderful for rum and coke. Yes. 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 There was this two guys. So there was two guys. And um, I remember talking to them on the bus because I remember overhearing them. And they said something about Greensburg. And I told them, I said, hey, I have a sister that lives in Greensburg. And they looked at me like, what? Well, I was like, yeah. I walked, didn't believe you, I walked two blocks away. And one block over, and I go to this little bar called the Headkeeper, and they were just blown away because it's literally yeah, if you, you walk yeah. if you walk outside the Headkeeper shop, you are looking at their cigar shop. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That kind of boggled so, their minds. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So keep them looking over there at the shop while I hide the Florida Kanye eighteen. So yeah, that's yes. what we'll do. Um, so anyway, um, we are thrilled to be here at uh, Cigar Town. I did take a. Uh, a lap in the humidor. I took the camera and shot some footage, which I'm sure we'll, uh, it's we'll, a good we'll put in here. But it's a wonderful humidor. How many square feet is that thing? No, uh, whole square footage. We're looking at about 1,500. I'd say it's probably at least half. Um, yeah, I was going to say it's almost as big as my apartment. So, it's a pretty, uh, it's yeah, pretty good <laughs> size humidor. So it's a pretty good size humidor. But what I found most impressive about it was the uh, quality of the curation. Yeah. I mean, you've got some really interesting stuff in there. In fact, I picked up several are, that I've already bought that were, and I'll probably smoke one of these later, but uh, these are just cigars I haven't tried yet. And so I'm excited yeah. about that. And that's one of the things I always look for whenever I'm in any humidor. And, and I understand that, you know, that's a little bit harder, keeping, you know, stocking things to keep people sure. on their toes. I sure. mean, it's, it's, you know, it's easier, I'm sure, to stock the bigger, well-known brands. And there's nothing wrong with those brands. But I get excited when I go, I haven't seen this any. What is this Stallone Stallion thing? I got to... I gotta try that. I one. tried That's that great. here. I think I yeah. came here with uh, uh, Alan uh, Denny at one point in time, and he was like, "Oh, you haven't tried this?" Yeah. So I, I picked up one of those and tried it. That's a, that's a good thing here is like we have a lot of customers that that come in and they're like, "Okay, what do you got new?" You know, and they're you, and they're looking to try some different stuff. And yes, they 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 smoke their regular stuff, but they're always looking for something just a little different and out of the ordinary. You have such an interesting customer base, too. Like, right. you have your regulars that come in. This place is fascinating when yeah. you come in and sit down and watch because you, you're in a business park area, basically. Definitely. Uh, and and so you get all these people that come in lunchtime or they get off a little earlier. They just come in and sit down to do work. And then you have uh, some regulars that come in, like, you know, like any cigar shop has, but this, and then your weekends, I think, are, are 
total opposite of what most places are. Yes. Your weekdays are way busier, and then your weekends are kind of you're closed early because we are people. in you know the, like kind you talked about area, a business right? area that during the week is a lot more busy a than the weekend. Right. I mean, this is energy corridor. This is yes. people going to and from there. Correct jobs in their offices and that's when they're in the car going up and down these yes. roads and they're stopping in and going hey man i've had a long day i'm stopping in for a cigar yeah you know? so we've, we've got a good like you talked about the lunch crowd we got the lunch crowd that mm -hmm. comes in they just want to get away we got wi-fi in here sometimes they you know doing a little extended lunch if right. they can get away with it <laughs> love but, that uh, spend some time there and then yeah you got the crowd afterwards but um i'm assuming you get an after five crowd pretty yes well, and then too. you and then you you get the little lull in the middle of the afternoon, but then boom, yeah. right after the afternoon, here it goes. Five yeah. crowd, there it goes again. So, well, um, we're really excited to be here. And I, there's something I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to go ahead and see if, uh, Terry, if you could go ahead and break out our mystery beverage for us. Terry's uh -oh. going to pour the mystery beverage since the we are, mystery uh, beverage. Yeah, since mystery yeah. beverage. So mystery we never know if something... it's going to be good or if it's going to be bad. Right. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's just okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so, okay. So we'll, just, yeah, we'll, <laughs> see what, okay. we'll see what we have today. The last mystery beverage, I think, went over reasonably well. The last mystery beverage was uh, what something was last week? We good, last I thought. Week. Yeah. It was so good. We've had some bad ones, too. We, have, we have had some bad ones. So, uh, yeah. The, the whole mystery beverage you know, thing really started when Ian malorted me for the first time. It was a, uh, it was never a, had malort. I have not. Uh, well, you're one it, of the fortunate. It looks like, it, and after that great description, you're one of the fortunate. Let's I'm just not, go ahead and let's say hope that's not the mystery. It looks like today. whiskey. It looks, you know, it looks like it whiskey. Looks like it whiskey. smells like wormwood, and it and, and, and tastes even worse. And like bitter is a uh, a descriptor for that. Bitter would be a compliment for that. <laughs> so, but the thing about Malort, Boy, you've got me so intrigued. The thing about Malort is that <laughs> apparently turn your in face Chicago, inside out. In Chicago, yes, people buy it and consume it of their own free will. It's like a thing there, which I guess you know happens. I mean, you know, in St. Louis, people actually of their own free will buy Bush beer and drink it. So, uh, <laughs> well, there's you that. know, I guess crap happens. But uh, uh, anyway, Malort is not. Uh, let's put it this way. It's one of the things that's bad enough that we've actually turned it into a verb. In other words, I tell Ian, you malorted me. That's it's right. A, it, it's not just a name. It's now a verb. So, so your, your mystery beverage looks like champagne. Uh, it does look a little like champagne, doesn't it? Have it's you, uh, champagne in color. I haven't smelled it yet. Have you taken a... Uh, oh, it smells like, what, apple? Kind of does. Yeah, Is that what I'm smelling? It's cidery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this, is this an apple? This is like uh, there's a lot of uh, breweries that are making apple ciders as well. That's pretty interesting. I know St. Arnold has a whole range of them. So they this do. is really different uh, on the tongue than it is on the nose. I would I would totally is, agree with you. Mm -hmm. This totally is kind of good. Yeah, I kind of yeah. dig it. This is nice. instead of tasting more like a cider. It almost has somewhere between a mead and a beer kind of. But yeah, thing. I was going to say somewhere between them. A beer and maybe like a hard but soda like, or something. But like a mead, uh, like, but with carbonation, you know? Oh, I remember what we had from the mystery beverage last week. It was a hard root beer. Oh, no, that, that one was terrible. And it was yeah. awful. It really was well, awful. It smelled great. I'm glad we've uh, redeemed it, ourselves this week. Right. This is definitely, I don't know what it is. No, this is definitely drinkable. drinkable. Uh, you want to so. bring the can over for us, Terry? All right. This is, I'm proud to say, a product of the city of Houston. This is... Uh, St. Arnold's <laughs> Strawberry Kiwi Cider. It's pretty good. It really is. I would and never have bought that based on the can. No, uh, I, I no. totally agree. In fact, the can 
I wouldn't. I, I probably wouldn't have bought it. I think my wife may have brought this one home. I probably wouldn't have bought it because it looks more like a seltzer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and this to me has got so much more flavor than a seltzer. Plus, doesn't have that. Uh, I can kind of. I can kind of suss the uh, the strawberry. I'm not getting much of the kiwi, but definitely the apple cider part of it. Yeah. I'm kind of digging that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's, I, that's pretty darn good. It's I will not purchase. too sweet, too. It's got right, enough, right. enough to make it interesting, but not enough to like leave you going. You know how like you drink some of those, it just leaves you going yeah. with your tongue. It, it, it yeah. tastes like fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, And, and, and you're, you're not, not looking you, like, like juicy juice. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, God. Remember that gritty feeling you would get in the back of your throat after you <laughs> drank a juicy juice? Juicy, juicy oh, juice. that's disgusting. Uh, but this is not. This is very good. St. Arnold... Strawberry kiwi cider, and we don't do a lot of ciders on the show, so I thought it'd be fun to do one as the uh, no. We had a, we had Austin East ciders on early oh, on, yes, and those are those are those good are quite too. Those good. are much yeah. drier than most ciders. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, you come across something um, that, uh, that 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 kind of bucks the system a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll be doing some more tasting on the program today. In addition to our strawberry kiwi cider, we'll be tasting some beers uh, from Houston, Texas, and our own Eureka Heights Brewery. We'll be tasting their fruited Kolsch-style ale called My Own Best Friend. Uh, and that's it's awesome. I'm pretty sure that's new. Um, we'll also be tasting from Phase 3 Brewing Company in uh, Lake Zurich, Illinois, the All Pixel Everything. It's a double IPA. All Pixel, All pixel Everything. everything. Uh, like, kind of like that. And then finally from um, uh, Transient, uh, Transient Artisan Ales uh, in a uh, collaboration with Magnanimous Brewing, uh, we'll be tasting their... I love Kamagoye. the name. Uh, I love Kamagoye. the name Magnanimous. Say that brewery. really fast five times. Kamagoye. Kamagoye. It, it is apparently a uh, very interesting imperial stout. So we'll be uh, getting to that. Plus, we have a Zaya 16-year blended rum to taste from Trinidad and Tobago, which was always my favorite uh, contestant on the Miss Universe uh, pageant. Miss Trinidad and Tobago. And Tobago. That was always, uh, always fun. So anyway, we'll take a uh, quick break, and we'll be back to do some more of this tasting. Let's talk a little bit more about Cigar Town. And in uh, drinking news, by the way, today, well, we'll give you that teaser coming up. It's uh, Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We I are love those things. in... Uh, in Houston, Texas, on Eldridge Parkway. What's the address here on Eldridge Parkway? 1127 Eldridge Parkway. 1127 Eldridge Parkway that's at right. we Cigar ask Town. tough, smart questions. That's, that's right. We ask the hard what ones. What is your so. address? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do have a tough, smart question for you, though. I was told that I should ask about your CrossFit adventures. My what? Uh, well, okay. So, uh, Keegan Lucas, who has uh, sub uh, substituted... For uh, our, uh, you know, for our producer on occasion, uh, back before we were able to lure Terry into our uh, <laughs> trap here, into our grasp. Uh, uh, Keegan, I sent out the show notes, and Keegan oh, sent that? me a note that says, "Be sure to ask Daniel about his CrossFit career." If I would have known you knew Keegan, there's no way I would have agreed to do this show. Okay, <laughs> not allowed just, in here at all. Remember, remember before the show when you said, "Hey, is there anything off limits?" Yeah. I guess we should ask you that. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You know, thank goodness in my days of CrossFitting, there weren't a lot of pictures taken. Okay, because okay. I don't think I was the true marketing behind CrossFit that they said, "Hey, do 
do CrossFit and you'll look like this guy. You, so not, they didn't ask you to be on the TV. It, no, uh, no, they were not uh, okay. not doing that. So, right. uh, yes, well, luckily a, not a lot of photos uh, were taken. But so uh, just to show thanks, you, Keegan, just to show you, we don't just throw the softball questions. Yes, we yes. did ask you about your CrossFit. Well, career. thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. So that's good to know. I was uh, so good at it. I retired from uh, CrossFit. You retired early. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I did. A little early retirement to spend more time with my family. What, uh, <laughs> what cigar magazines do you uh, like to read? I do. Um, obviously, every cigar shop has to go, uh, you know, sure, yeah. uh, aficionado. Um, I do those. <laughs> um, actually, I miss Smoke Magazine. I actually used to be on their panel. I like that, Smoke Magazine. That, oh, yeah, that, yeah, I like Smoke. That they would uh, do blind tastings. They were truly blind. They would send you right, right, a bag with numbers on it, yeah. and they were a true blind tasting, and, and I enjoyed doing that. But, um, you know, some of the... Um, some of the other, you know, magazines that are out there that um, we, you know, we carry three or four of them. Right. Um, well, Cigar Journal uh, has just announced the winners for their Cigar of the Year 2023 uh, selections as voted on by their readers. And I didn't know if Cigar Journal, I mean, I, I read some of their stuff online. I've never subscribed. I've seen them in a few cigar shops, but I don't know how many actual readers Cigar Journal has. I, I thought it was really more of a of an industry publication, but I could, I could be wrong. Anyway, they have, uh, some, some things that were chosen by their, um, by their readers. And I thought these were at least somewhat interesting, uh, best brand 2023, uh, a couple of subcategories, best brand Cuba. Uh, the readers chose Partagas, which surprises me because you almost always think of Cohiba. Mm, Partagas of though, man, those, yeah. Oh, those, those are great. Number I know. Fours. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, best brand Dominican Republic, Fuente Fuente Opus X, 20th anniversary. Best brand Honduras, they went with Leaf by Oscar Valadares. Man, it's and, hard to go wrong with Oscar. And, when, and he is based here in Houston. Yeah, Oscar, uh, yeah. He has right, his right. office here in Houston, mm -hmm. so it's always good to see our neighbors doing That's well. right. Yeah. And then best brand Nicaragua, they went with the Oliva Serie V, which I don't disagree with that. But, boy, there's a lot of competition for Nicaragua. There's a lot of competition, but that yeah, Serie V is There's a lot to so pick good. from there, no and doubt. And then... Uh, then best brand other countries, the Toscano Master Age from Italy. I have not had that one, so have I haven't had the Master Age. I've had some of the Toscanos, and um, they're different. The uh, best different. cigar, so the best cigar they gave Cuba to the Partagas Serie E number two. They gave the Dominican Republic to the Davidoff Signature number one limited edition. So I guess if you know if if money is no object. Uh, they gave Best Cigar Honduras to the Placencia Coseca 149 La Vega. And I don't know if I know that one. I've had a lot of Placencias. Yeah, I, I was, I was just going to say that money is no object in my household. There's there's no object like money in there right. at all. <laughs> there's no money or object. So uh, that's the way it works. Uh, Best Cigar Nicaragua, they gave to the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage Maduro Robusto. And Best Cigar Other Countries to the Casa 1910 Chuchilo Parado from Mexico. Oh. And I don't think I've had that. I don't think I have either. I'll go ahead with best value uh, for Dominican Republic, the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua, wow, which I don't know how the Nicaragua wins for Dominican Republic, but that's what it says here. Best value Honduras, uh, Rocky Patel Vintage 1990. That's, and, and that's best value, so classic. One best of my value favorites. Nicaragua, the Hoya de Nicaragua Classico original, which is pretty darn fun also cigar. fantastic yeah. so well, anyway. i think i think your uh dominican uh um one was is probably dominican seed or no no uh, probably uh nicaraguan tobacco nicaraguan but seed. made in the yeah, dr made in, yeah. 
could could be. I don't know. We'll have to check that one out. And we will do some more checking out of cigars. Plus, we'll tell you uh, about uh, uh, 14 great cigars for under 8 bucks from a new list from Cigar Right Fichado. now. Yeah, yeah. We, we, like right now bait. was last week. Now, no, there's no. not so much urgency this week. But we'll be back. Uh, and I hope you'll hang with us, even though we're not quite as urgent as last week uh, on Spoken and Toast. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our show, of course, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are all the way up to show number 346, if you can believe that. So Ian has done the that's, math. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the halfway point to 400. Okay, so halfway to 400 and looking forward to it. Now, back when we did our 100th show, we did the big special. Uh, and then when the 200th show rolled around, it was during COVID, so we weren't really able to get everybody together the same way. We did our 333rd show uh, as our second big celebration show. Thank you, sir. So I guess, are we waiting for 666? Is that the, <laughs> is that the next one? The, uh, the, uh, that would be devilish. The show of the beast? I don't know. Uh, we should do 665, the next door neighbor to the beast. Remember, what, what oh, no, it was, that? Uh, Lone Pine had 667. 667, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that was a great. 667 was the next door neighbor of the beast. I thought that was brilliant. Um, anyway, we will uh, we will celebrate at some point in the future. Right now, we're just uh, happy to be at Cigar Town for this show, and Daniel Goodwin is here with us, and we're about to taste some uh, some of my own best friend, a slobber worthy fruited coast style ale from Eureka Heights Brewery. All right, so maybe pass the can over here. I think I can show it to my camera easier than uh, than you can over there. Oh, here, and we'll uh, swap hands. There you go. <laughs> I was going to read the back of the can, but you can show that often. First, and I'll just sit here and uh, talk about what I'm doing. <laughs> so, talk about drinking? You know what? It doesn't have a lot going on on the nose. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. It's, uh, what does it say on the can? You were, it's, it's, beer, it's beer smelling, but I <laughs> haven't know, tried it and yet. And sometimes I think we may set our expectations a little too high because I like beer smell. Oh. And there's nothing wrong with it just smelling Oh, like my beer. goodness. Yep. Take a sip of this. Oh. Definitely, uh, um, you're right. On the nose, it's just we, kind of like we brewed like this fruity, slightly tart, cold style beer with German malts, raspberries, cherries, and oh. unconditional love. One dollar oh. per six pack benefits the Houston SPCA. Turn on, uh, turn your fridge into oh. this beer's favorite forever home. Mm. It's delicious. I really like it. It's got <laughs> this, it definitely it's, tastes it's, fruitier than the smell. Yes, yeah, not it, much nose, but it is not, not at all exactly. like a fruited sour. It's just got a little fruit snap to it. There's like a, a tiny tartness to it, but it's very, right. very small. Yeah, but it's just not like one of those kind of milky, uh, you know, big, big sours. This is a very drinkable, lighter this style is, Kolsch. This is with a, a little, little snap. This is a, this is a little, this is a beer with a little something, something. The color like is it. interesting. You can tell it's kind of a fruited color because it's got a little pinkish thing going on yes. to it but um, yeah, there's a berry involved somewhere yeah <laughs> you know, when you get to that color you know they have so many interesting uh things going on they had one that and i have we no tried recently is... the lavender beer that we didn't like oh at no all. was not a fan but that's just because i don't like lavender same here I, mean, I don't i don't mind the smell but i certainly don't want to taste it you know <laughs> but that's just me some people but like i love it. that they're just going to do some stuff they're, and 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 eureka heights in general personality wise they're not like um they're not like over the top, like Dogfish Head or Ingenious right. or some of those other uh, crazy uh, Urban South or any of those. Right. But, but the, in their own way, they take these these lighter beers and do some subtle, fun stuff. Well, with yeah, it. they seem to not be bound by a whole lot of rules, which I really like. You know, yes. they're not trying to be outrageous, but they're also not trying to just do everything 
the way you always expect it to be done. And that's right, what I, right. That's what I really think and is. And they always is cool have some corny that. little thing on there that's uh, that's pretty fun. And all well, of their it, cans. It's good that I mean, there's there's a difference between a little fruitiness and slapping your face yeah. fruitiness. Right. And, and this has got just enough fruitiness without being over the top. Yeah. See, and, see, and see, if, if Ingenious Brewery was doing this, it would probably still be good, but it would look like a fruit smoothie right. with a slight beer taste. It would be like you took a <laughs> a, 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 different. a cherry popsicle and melted it and mixed it with beer, yes. you know, or something like that, because that's very similar to but, that. But no, this is very drinkable, very crisp. I could even see this on a hot summer day, which we're still having a few of here. So, Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, so. Both of the first two Dude, it, it easily did, hot summer it day. It didn't even hit 95 yesterday. I almost broke out my sweatshirt. I know. <laughs> it's funny how we're so, you know, trained now that if it gets below 100, we get excited. I know. That's <laughs> absolutely true. You're like, that's I'll actually go outside. I said that to somebody in the elevator the other day. This is the only place in the world where we go. Oh, wow, this is so awesome. It's only 98. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's that's what it's uh, that's what it's been like here. So, well, I recommend this very highly. I think this is a wonderful This is a good beer. beer. And it also, again, cooperating fully with this Aladino, Connecticut. No no fighting at all. So I don't I like know. That. I, don't, I think this Aladino just doesn't have. I think this is a, um, it's a very peaceful cigar. It it's just a gets lover, along not with a everything. Yes. It's a lover, not a fighter. So far it does. I mean, I'm sure we can find something yeah. it doesn't get along with. But so far it's yeah. kicking butt. It's Switzerland. Um, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was Andy Warhol. It's a Switzerland of cigars. I think it was Andy Warhol that once said that in the future everyone will be famous for fifteen minutes. Is that an Andy Warhol quote? Am I right about that? Yeah, you get fifteen minutes. Everyone gets fifteen minutes of yeah. fame. Right. right. That's yeah. why. That's why sometimes I'm like, use your fame wisely. Right. Yeah. Use yeah, your fifteen absolutely. minutes wisely. Well, I have a. I have a bit of a. I'm, I'm now running a full deficit. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't waste it. Well, I have a little bit of a paraphrase of that. My my paraphrase is in the future. Everyone will have their own celebrity whiskey. Uh, yeah. You know, because there's so many. And not just whiskey, but, you know, tequilas and beers and, and uh, rums and all over. Hey, so, remember mm hops? Oh, I don't want to remember <laughs> mm hops. Mm hops? Mm hops. Yeah, that's, that was Hanson, right? Not yeah. Real, yeah. Not real. Yeah, they yeah. had a beer called mm hops. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, that's what's the saddest thing is when you go, how do we let people know it's ours? What are we known for? <laughs> And they have to go with Mbop or Mbops in this case. A um, couple of recent celebrity whiskeys. Uh, football legend Joe Montana has gotten into the whiskey. Because I'm sure he drank a lot of whiskey back when he was quarterback. Joe Montana. Yeah, but uh, he's announced a new partnership with the Gold Bar Spirits Company. Makers of the award-winning Gold Bar Whiskey. A it friend a, of mine called me specifically yeah. two days ago to tell me about Gold Bar Whiskey, and he didn't buy it because the package looks just like a Gold Bar. <laughs> <laughs> and he's well, not a Joe Montana fan. so <laughs> He didn't yeah. say anything about Joe Montana. <laughs> well, the, apparently the Gold Bar Distillery uh, is partnering with Joe, and they're releasing... Uh, this this new whiskey, it's going to be, I think it may be a, a, like a limited series, the Joe Montana Whiskey Collection. So uh, I guess, you know, Joe's got to do something. I mean, it's been years since he yeah. was able <laughs> well, to in gold bars, Well, in Gold Bar's defense, my, my friend who has uh, not as refined a palate, but a pretty decent palate, said that it, he said it didn't taste like much, but it was easy drinking and it was pretty good. Uh, we know this is the Gold Bar, right? That was the Gold Bar. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know about that particular yeah. one, but that's what he said. I'm kind of interested to try it. Well, uh, the next one makes a little more sense to me than perhaps Joe Montana. Because when I think of Joe Montana, 
you know, I'd think of maybe like some sort of an energy drink or, get or Keith or you, Richards or yeah, something. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you, but if you want to get down to somebody that, yeah, I could see them doing a whiskey, uh, then this next one may make a little more sense. Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, stepping definitely. into the whiskey. I, I, yeah, I think of yes. Yeah, whiskey. I, absolutely. A little hand in hand there, and he's not messing around. He's uh, he's collaborating with Buffalo Trace. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this one I'm kind of excited for. That, that's a good combination. Right? I, think, yeah. I think we might need to, in the future, do a celebrity whiskey blind taste test. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, Of yeah. course, then we'd be stuck with all these bottles of celebrity whiskey. But uh, Some of them are good, though. Blackened black yeah. is real yeah. good. Yeah. Well, uh, Stapleton has par- partnered, interestingly enough, with Buffalo Trace because Buffalo Trace is out of Kentucky. And Chris Stapleton's as song smooth as is Kentucky with. He's going to have to change the word. He's going to have to change the lyrics <laughs> to the song. Uh, anyway, he was born a uh, stone's throw away from uh, Buffalo Trace's distillery in Lexington, uh, Kentucky, and he spent, they say, countless hours with the master distiller there, Harlan Wheatley, tasting through more than fifty recipes of blends to settle on the final product, blend number forty. Again. What the number a job. 40. What yes. a job. Yes. Like, I, I feel so bad for you, Chris, that you had to you sit had through all of that. 40 different tastings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, do you remember what number 46 tasted yeah, like? exactly. He, he really liked number two, yeah, but right. he just kept going. About <laughs> that. Some other. Yeah. 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 You don't taste number two and then go, all right, this is this it. Guy, Thank you. We're yeah, going home. <laughs> We're going to taste out, number guys. 53. Then you go, you know what? I like number two. Let's go back to it. <laughs> the aim of the whiskey, according to the label, is to showcase that good whiskey is a lot like a good song. It requires no explanation. One taste should tell you everything you need to know. No one has to tell you how to feel about it. You simply settle in and enjoy. I, well, outside of that last statement, I feel like the uh, Conor McGregor proper number... 12 spoke for itself. It did. It, it spoke volumes. Yes. Volumes. Volumes. It, it was voluminous. It was voluminous, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that just wasn't good. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not a good thing that it was speaking volumes. No, <laughs> no, no. It kept, it kept speaking, too. After you take a sip, it just kept talking. So this is not the first uh, time Stapleton has kind of stepped into the whiskey world. Uh, last year, he teamed up with the distillery to hand-select bottles of limited-edition E.H. Taylor Jr. single-barrel bourbon to be auctioned off for his charity, Outlaw State of Kind. So here's hoping that uh, that they, you know, that they do well with it. I mean, Buffalo Trace is good whiskey. And E.H. Taylor's no slouch either. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> anyway, um, uh, just a little update for you on Celebrity Whiskey. And like I said, there's there's something new in that area every week. When I go looking for things, you know, <clears throat> we might want always a new celebrity. Always a new celebrity something. So, in this case, uh, a couple of new celebrities. I still don't quite get the Joe Montana thing. I like Joe Montana as a <coughs> as an athlete, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to have me running down to the liquor. Why is Grace Slick have a whiskey? When does Grace Slick have a whiskey? Yeah, I don't know. That does make some sense, though, doesn't it? You know, that, that well, would. <laughs> I'm sure we'll read about it soon. I'm sure enjoying this uh, Aladino, Connecticut. I'm. I'm just. I, I the, love the fact that it's toasty, pretty much all the way through. The toasty and the nuttiness start really coming out about this time, mm-hmm. especially like the bats at dusk. It's really, really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. That was my attempt to be mysterious. I think it kind of flopped. What's What's do you have a go to in your humidor that you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, good that, that you come in, and you go. You know what? This is like usually my starter or something like that. Hey, 
Well, y'all talked about Connecticut's and things earlier that I do start my day typically with a Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I do start off a little milder and then build from there and, you know, go a little stronger throughout the day. So, um, I feel like if you start too strong, you just kill your palate for the rest of the day. Right. So, uh, you know, being in the shop all day that it is harder to work backwards in terms of strength. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost impossible. So, so it's better to start a little milder. And I do that a lot of times with customers, you know, if they're buying, a milder cigar and then a fuller cigar and said hey if you're gonna have two cigars tonight make yeah. sure you start, start with this one, start right? with this milder yeah. one and then go to that i said because right. if you start the other way you won't even taste yeah it. you won't even you no. won't even really taste it so how many uh, customers come in and ask you to recommend what they should buy? that's the interesting thing here a lot of customers do and and they've gotten to know me and cheryl cheryl greenwald my business partner um it's not what she's here at the shop today but obviously not on camera but um so we've got a good repeat customer that they do trust us to to go hey you know what i smoke what, what do you recommend today and so a lot more open-mindedness of of being able to, right. to try stuff like like we talked earlier that you know hey what's new what you know what's out what, right. what, what do you got and so um so that's one of the benefits that they do you know trust us to uh, put it put them in the you know the right smoke yeah. it's great so, when somebody trusts you enough to walk in and say an, what am i smoking today well it's yeah. an interesting clientele because i feel like most shops you get uh like your regulars that come in end up buying the same cigars all the time yeah. you know we've talked with countless shop owners who you stock this because you know this guy and this guy that's what they smoke right. all they're the gonna time. be in and, and we and yeah. we have that yeah, as well i mean there's there, there, right? there certain ones you're like oh we have to have these because yes you know, Lewis but, smokes this cigar, and so we have to make sure we have this in stock, and, right? Right, and, and that kind of thing. But um, but we do have a lot of guys that are just very open minded, and it, and it's it's great. It's great. Was there a particular brand that you you know might have been a little harder for you to uh, be able to carry, but that you're really proud that you were able to get into the shop? Something that you had to work a little extra for. I don't know that we had to work a little extra, but it was probably a little. You know some of the smaller brands that to get them to you know to try it right. and, and that was the good thing again about guys are willing to try it because they're like yeah i've never heard of this or i've never heard of that and you can really get them into something and and, and they and they're like wow i would have never picked that up off the right. shelf right and, um the um the uh los tazos that's uh with forge was a was a line that really we brought in and a few people were like, eh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, they started listening to us and they started trying them. And boom, it, it's taken it off. Caught on, yeah. yeah, it just caught on, and it's really been a good brand for us. So, uh, do do brands kind of ebb and flow? In other words, will a brand be like really hot for a while and then slow down and get much colder? Yes, uh, that's so, that's always interesting to me. It's like, and that you know, that's the challenge of being in business because right. you know, hey, this is hot. You don't want to go too deep into it because then all of a sudden, boxes yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's right. And we talk about sometimes just going back to it's easy to forget some of those core brands that are so good that are yeah. so good that you haven't maybe smoked in a while because you've been trying the newer boutique things, and then you go back and you have a Monte Cristo, and you go, "This is a really good cigar," yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, and that's cool because it, actually I've got some really good customers here that I've become friends with, and so they know what I smoke, and occasionally because I'm. I'm always in the humidor. I'll, say, I'll actually ask them one day, go in there and pick me something out. And they're like, okay. 
And so that way they revisit, you know, yeah, it gets me to revisit that. something yeah, that, yeah. that I haven't smoked in a while. So. I'd always pick your most expensive thing. That's what I would <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. We are going to uh, uh, be back here in just a moment. We are smoking and enjoying it very much uh, in the lounge here at Cigar Town on Eldridge Road. Is it Boulevard or Road? It is Parkway. Eldridge Parkway. Eldridge Parkway. In, uh, in the Houston Energy Corridor. Just south of I-10. Uh, and Daniel uh, Goodwin is our guest. And my name is Cruz. That's Ian. And uh, behind the camera is the one and only Terry Michaels, our engineer. And we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Tulsa. Smoking and Toasting is a program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are on location at Cigar Town in uh, the Energy Corridor of Houston, Texas. And still to come on the show, uh, Phase 3 Brewing Company's All Pixel Everything. It is a double IPA, uh, Phase 3 out of Lake Zurich, Illinois. We'll be tasting that coming up on the show. From uh, Bridgman, Michigan. Transient Artisan Ales, they've teamed up with uh, Magnanimous Brewing, which, again, love that name. Magnanimous uh, yeah. Brewing. Uh, they've so. teamed up on something called Kemagoye, which is an imperial stout, which has got all kinds of flavorings added to it. And you we'll know, I have, get I have, to that a, when we get. I have a special love for Michigan breweries, though. There's so There's many some, good ones. some really great breweries in yeah. Michigan. And in fact, that, that leads me to something we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, I should tell you about our uh, drinking news story today, because we haven't done... Our drinking news teaser headline, which is, it's all about Florida. So we'll get to that coming up in uh, just a couple of segments. Did we? I see a funny look on Terry's face. Did we have trouble picking up the ukulele? You know, let me do it a little louder. Let's do a, a ukulele uh, uh, sound check here. I got to be right up on it. It's huh? all about Florida. <laughs> So we'll be getting to that. Uh, and, and you were talking about Michigan breweries and how great they are. And we were talking about uh, uh, different states. I have, you know, you know how crazy I am for lists. I love lists, right? And I bring lists onto the show all the time. But a very interesting one from Vine Pair. Actually, it's two lists. And what's interesting about them is how different they are. Because they're, both lists are about the 50 states of the U.S. Mm-hmm. But the first one is the states that produce the most craft beer overall. So the most barrels. Like in and, volume. Right, in volume. And, and if you're owned by one of the big breweries, it doesn't count. Right? Gotcha. So it's got to be So it's got to be craft, not, not, not macro craft. Uh, number one is California. Yeah. 3,551,000 barrels. Number two is Pennsylvania. And I got to really? figure a big wow. part of that is because of Yangling. Yangling. Now, there's plenty of really good smaller craft breweries, but they've got Yangling sitting there cranking it out. And I mean, Weyerbacher in Pennsylvania yeah, oh, absolutely. is outrageous. New York is number three. Number four is Texas. Number five is Florida. And then on down the list, there's you know a pretty interesting mix of states until you come down to the very bottom. The bottom ones are South Carolina. West Virginia, North Dakota, and Mississippi. I love that Alaska is not the last on the list. Yeah. Oh, no. Alaska is actually uh, uh, 31st. So out of 50 states, not too bad. So it's one of the lesser populated states. Right. But they produce lots of crap. They're like, we got all winter to do this. You got both Alaskan Brewing and Anchorage. I'm familiar with both of those. Both of those are great, great breweries. Now, the second list is even more interesting because it's the states that produce the most craft beer per capita. So, in other capita. words, the most produced in relation to the number of people that live there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you expect California and New York 
and Texas all all to be in the you know in the top of states that produce the most craft beer because there's so many people there. Sure. But who produces the most per capita? Oh, North Dakota? Number one is Vermont. Oh, Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. Vermont's so tiny. 20.1 gallons of craft beer per capita in, <laughs> in Vermont. Uh, number two is half that. It's 10.7. And number two is Maine. Huh. And, you know, I spent some time in Maine, and they do love their beer. And there's some great breweries in Maine. Oh, my God. Uh, plus they Shipyard. Money. In uh, Portland, oh, yeah, Maine. Yeah, oh, it's a great awesome. Delaware is number three. The only uh, state to make the top five in both the per capita list and the total list is Pennsylvania, which is number wow. four on this list. Uh, 9.9 gallons of craft beer per capita. Apparently, in working in the coal mines make you thirsty. And number five on the list in Alaska with 9.5 uh, gallons of craft beer. Per capita, Texas, our home state, doesn't come into this list until number thirty-two. But there's just so many people there in this is. state, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, but one point nine uh, gallons per capita. Uh, we're just ahead of Louisiana and Indiana and Illinois, and down at the bottom, the states that produce the least craft beer per capita: Alabama, Arkansas, Kansas, West Virginia, and the last state in both lists, Mississippi. Huh. So apparently the Mississippians need to like step up their craft beer game. We need to go it's to all about moonshine, though. Yeah. Oh, you may be yeah, right. Yeah, 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 there's that. <laughs> I was gonna say we need to go to Mississippi and open a brewery. We'll be famous yeah. instantly. I, I was gonna say, yeah, not, not a bad <laughs> idea. Perhaps we, uh, perhaps we should do that. Arizona is on the list at 39. You mentioned North Dakota; they're 37. And uh, I just wanted to look and see. California came in at 14, and Colorado. Uh, which lots of craft beer breweries in Colorado. Oh, definitely. Uh, is number nine. Number nine on the list. So it's interesting. I wonder, actually, if there's any correlation between states that produce a lot of craft beer per capita and states where weed is legal. In other words, I, I wonder if that takes down the amount of craft beer that's produced and consumed. But weed makes you really are, thirsty, right? Well, that's true. There is that. So I mean, so I've heard. <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll uh, we'll have to see if we can get into that in another segment. So uh, more tasting coming up and uh, whatever state you were in. Thank you uh, for listening. And for those of you, by the way, who are with one of our broadcast stations who leaves us at the end of this hour. Thank you for being with us and make sure that you uh, check out the rest of the show, including this week's drinking news. Uh, you can find it at any of our socials. Uh, we recommend listening and watching on YouTube. You can always find the latest episode. Just put there. it on in the background. Yep. Mood music. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's good for setting the mood yep. if you're in, you know, romance time. And we'll be right back the second hour of the show. This is Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. I want to thank uh, Daniel and the entire staff of the Cigar Town and uh, for having us out today. Thanks for coming and, out, and guys. thanks for this uh, Aladino cigar. I am really enjoying this, and I'm I'm wondering if I'm going to have to relight here, because sometimes I have to relight. Mine actually went out right there, and I relit it, and there's no penalty whatsoever. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to relight here in a moment. So, uh, Ian, maybe you can... Uh, You've been doing a lot of that. Uh, what's that thing that you do all the time? Talking. That's yeah, maybe a, you could like uh, you know sing a sing a little ditty or, or talk to us about the beer. Start off or I something. Always say Take that, a moment. You know, if your cigar out. goes out, you're working too hard. So, <laughs> yeah, we're talking too much. Yes. Yeah. Whenever you hear that sound effect, we are actually sparing no expense on the uh, sound effects. 
We sacrifice a beer to give you the sound right. of me opening a beer every single time. That's absolutely right. We uh, we could record it and play it back each time, but we feel that we could, would be somehow uh, I don't know inauthentic. We could yeah. have we could have Adam put it in and post if we want. That's right. We absolutely could. You know, to make sure it's crystal clear it every time. A, we we take the chance and we do it live every single time. Would be a bad idea. While Ian's pouring, let me tell you about some cigars to watch for. Things that are coming soon to a cigar shop near you, like Cigar Town on Eldridge Parkway. Aganor Salif has added a seventh size to its Supreme Leaf line. It's a Perfecto, and the shipments are expected to uh, start reaching retailers uh, the second half of October. It'll be 6 by 54. The Supreme Leaf Perfecto is made with a rounded bellicoso head and a nipple foot. I always get a little bit excited nipple about foot. nipple foot. foot. Yeah. yeah, something about that just, I don't know. This, it goes back to my childhood, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, but in any something case, I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it has a, a suggested retail price of sixteen ninety nine each, and production will be limited to 1,500 boxes of 10 cigars each. Unlike the uh, previous releases in the line, the Perfecto is only going to be available through Aganor Salif Select Retail Partners, and they're limited to 10 boxes. And, and we are. And you a, are. I was just going to ask. I, is we that are something? a select partner. Uh, so. That is good to know. So you, you'll be able to get your hands on some yes, of these. definitely. And we'll be able to come out definitely. and try them. It's hard to go wrong with Aganor Salif. Too, uh, it's made, of course, at Aganor Salif's factory, uh, all with Nicaraguan tobacco grown on their farms, including the wrapper, which was a Corojo 99, nice. but will be uh, grown there in Nicaragua. And I'm excited about this one, the Trinidad Espiritu series. Uh, has already focused on Nicaragua and then on Brazil. But next month, the series is highlighting Mexico. On October 31st, uh, they're launching the Trinidad Espiritu Series number 3, which showcases a Mexican San Andres wrapper that the company says is extra fermented. San Andres wrappers are becoming more and more of a thing. Oh, big, big time. It's, I, it's think, big time. I think as cigar smoking um, becomes more popular, people get into... Being able to smoke some of those bigger, fuller, bolder flavors, and that San Andreas is a big, bold Madero. Yeah. I just wanted to mention, by the way, uh, you're 100 percent right. Zero relight penalty on the uh, on the uh, Aladino, Connecticut. Just so just you're seeing a lot of right the San Andreas wherever. A lot of San Andreas, and it seems uh, the other big uh, trend now is uh, broadleaf. Broadleaf yeah, is yeah. becoming it, more and more of a, a thing, lot of yeah. things on broadleaf that uh, have been coming out too. Well. So. This uh, this one is made in Nicaragua by some guy named AJ Fernandez. What does that guy know about? I don't know if you've guys. heard of him. Uh, I, I did, uh, Terry handed me the camera earlier, and I went in and just did some camera shots of the uh, humidor. And I have to admit, I kind of lingered at the AJ Fernandez area of the uh, humidor. I'm just I'm just a fanboy. Anyway, a soft place in your heart for that. Huh? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, this upcoming uh, Trinidad is a collaboration between AJ and Rafael Nodal, and they have uh, collaborated on yeah, yeah. a number of cigars before. So it's a pretty not the pretty cool. player. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, besides the Mexican wrapper, the entire cigar is made of Nicaraguan tobacco, and it'll come in a robusto, a toro, a fundador, uh, which is the long thin uh, panatella uh, that will be seven and a half by forty, and a bellicoso. Prices ranging from eleven thirteen to twelve sixty one, so not outrageous, but you know, premium, yeah, premium, yeah, definitely. Uh, the shipping date they say has nothing to do with Halloween, but it was chosen to honor uh, Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead, the Mexican holiday that honors loved ones who have have passed. <laughs> and finally, Ashton, <coughs> excuse me, Ashton is adding two new cigars to the already well known La Aroma de Cuba brand. It's Paradiso Elegancia. 
And it will come in four Vitolas, Corona, Robusto, Churchill, and Grandioso. Filler and binder from Nicaragua. And the wrapper is an Ecuadorian shade leaf. It's supposed to be a mild to medium cigar. And that's interesting because you're starting to see more. Roma de Cuba is kind of known for their medium and up. Right. And you're also starting to see more Nicaraguan cigars come out that are a little more mild. Being said that they're mild to medium, yeah. which is interesting because when I think of Nicaragua, you think, of course, of the, the Nicaraguan pepper blast that yeah. we always talk about when you first light a cigar up. But uh, Nicaraguan tobacco is becoming more finessed, I would say. And, uh, and, and the, or they're learning to do more and different things with it sure. as opposed to just Learn, making the Learning really big to ones. use that hammer like a screwdriver sometimes. Well, the Absolutely. La Cuba did come out with the Connecticut recently. Right, right. And uh, that's a really nice, tasty smell. Yeah, I did, so. I did a review on that actually just recently. Yep, I remember that. Very and, tasty uh, I really like that brand. I like everything I've tried yeah, from absolutely. La Roma de Cuba. Uh, so let's try a little uh, a little IPA here, Ian. I've been you? doing some research yes? All right, uh, over me, here. Tell me what you've discovered. And first off, the nose on this is delicious. The nose is malty and and hoppy definitely at the hoppy. same time and this is a collaboration between magnanimous brewing and transient artisan ales uh it is, oh no i'm sorry that's our that's our uh, that's our last use. one that's our uh, stout that's coming ahead of yourself there, this Chris. is from phase three which is, this the is Lake from Zurich. phase three so I double dry hopped hard to read this double no double dry hop double india pale ale citra uh moteca and uh, nelson salon well, uh, hops on the this. Nelson's Vaughn, uh, that hops is often, I find, really kind of wild and unpredictable. I don't get that taste in this at all. The hops are definitely there, but Nelson's Vaughn or Nelson's Zavon, how you pronounce it, that hop sometimes like takes you way over here. I think you're right, has been my uh, Has been my experience. And I'm not getting that with you. This is a fairly straightforward uh, double IPA, hazy, uh, juicy... It is, and it's very well balanced, and it's got a little bit of bitter, like a, like the second third of the flavor palette, and then it finishes with this great dryness that's really nice. Right, and, and it more. doesn't it doesn't leave you too stuck with the hoppy pine coney thing at the no, end because no. of how dry and, it finishes. And it does all that at eight percent. Right, that's a pretty big beer. Yeah. That is a pretty big beer. You're right, because most IPAs have a tendency to be in the five six range. Well, Maybe it is a double IPA on yeah, top of being double, double dry sure. hop, so usually get into that range with a double uh, double IPA. It's really nice, though. It's a good. Usually, one. double IPAs sort of scare me because they seem to be so hoppy. They can be, and, and this one I would say does not. No, fall this is way better balanced. This yes, would be like hundred percent. This would be like I get I get a little critical when they're too hoppy, yes. like you're talking about, and uh, this one's so well balanced that it's hard to find. Well, first off, you can't find anything wrong with it. Like, there's so many things right about it. It's fantastic. I, I do enjoy the really hoppy doubles, like a more cowbell or something like that. But, but to me, this one does a better job of the balance. So, if yeah. you're if you'd like to try a bigger IPA without it, like, you know, socking you in the face with the hop, and it does leave a, a little. One. It leaves something between um, orange zest and. Um, and grapefruit kind of sitting there on your palate there's in an interesting almost, way. In the in the middle, there's almost a little bit of a, a like a creamsicle vibe yeah, to it. It's 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 an interesting beer, and the, and the mouthfeel on it's a little bit bigger too. Of course, you can kind of see it in the uh, in just the way it sits in the glass that it's going to be a little bit fuller feel. This is the kind of uh, this is the kind of uh, of uh, a craft that makes me just think, man, I really love beer. You know what I mean? Like when you're when you're just going, that is just really, really good. I was uh, hanging out with uh, my friend Jim Heim 
uh, last night. We were drinking some of that Urban South HTX, which yeah. is the uh, uh, hazy. And that's just another. We've had it on the show before, but that's another really well-balanced uh, IPA. Yeah. Recommend that highly. You can drink a lot of them, too, which we did. Well, I almost uh, picked up for show beers today. I almost picked up a six-pack of that uh, Eighth Wonder Tex, which is basically mm. Eighth Wonder's version of like a like a Lone Star or right. something like that. Yeah. Or, or like it's no labels, good. Uh, Gillies. Right, yeah, right. It's, and it's yeah. really, really good. Uh, but then I saw the uh, St. Arnold mix pack, and I thought, that's a little something for everybody. Yeah, I like I like the way uh, I like the way you think. That's, uh, that's for everybody. Um, I think it also goes. And again, this might just be the Saladino cigar is so uh, beverage friendly, but I think it goes very well it's, with this. It's, and it's a beverage neutral cigar. It is, and I will just tell you, IPAs, which are probably my favorite style, but I often will not drink them if I'm having a cigar because they are the style that's the most likely to fight. With yes. uh, with that cigar, hey, sorry, a little yeah, bit left there. Overpower them, right? Especially if it's big and hoppy. But in this case, the balance keeps it working really well, mm-hmm. at least with this particular cigar. And it really, uh, really doesn't work. Well, badly because at all. you don't have a, like like th- this cigar doesn't have a lot of pepper in it. Like there's just a kiss of maybe white pepper on the outside if you're really looking for it, and in the uh, retro hail. But but frankly, this thing has so much like that that nuttiness and toastiness going on. That right. it's hard to it's hard to fight with that, you know. <clears throat> I agree. It's not. It's kind of uh, like a cracker in some ways. Like it goes with so many things. Hundred percent. And it can by itself be an incredibly good thing as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I agree with you totally. This this cigar, I almost feel like I feel I like can't think of a beer it wouldn't. Go I feel with. like Husto would wince at that comparison. <laughs> but <laughs> I miss those guys. But I'm not bringing the, you out for the marketing department job. <laughs> I mean that in the best possible um, way. Uh, Daniel, since you've been uh, doing this shop. How much have you seen cigar prices increase? Because when cigar prices go up, it isn't just because you decided you need to make more money. It's mm-hmm. because they Correct. cost you more to buy. Yes. And hey, so if, if yes, I charge a dollar more for this cigar, I can yeah. make a dollar more per cigar. I have to remind people that I didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, you know, mama needs a new pair of shoes. We're going <laughs> to raise the prices. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how much have you seen in, say, the last five years cigar I, prices I think, go up? Um, in the last couple of years you've seen more of it headed that way you, obviously when fda was starting to do something they went up a little bit but then you know just just like everything else the cost of everything went up in the past couple of years usually every year you see some companies doing up you know uptick and some don't in the last year everybody's been across the board going up with right, it, it right just now. it's just costing more yeah uh, well and you know inflation so give it a thing for the last couple of years let's give, a, sure. let's give a little shout out to uh rocky patel for uh lobbying for the cigars oh so yeah much big time big time like, we so we and, should and, we need and all keeping the it from being outrageous instead of just shocking yes i'll give you a uh, list uh cigar aficionado which they do a number of lists from time to time they did a list of great cigars that have scored high in their tastings uh, that are under $8 suggested retail. So we'll see what you guys think of these. The uh, Vegas Cubanos Invictos. That's uh, Jose Pepin Garcia's right. uh, line. And the uh, Invictos, which is a Robusto size, uh, $7.30 is the suggested retail price. It scored a 93 in their tasting. Nice. That's, a, that's a big number. Uh, the Padron 2000 Maduro. Now, this... I'm a little surprised. This scored 92 points, and it's a 720. And we've talked about the fact that while Padron's more expensive cigars have are just outrageously yeah, good, yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like the quality on their 
sort of standard line, their lower price line, was is it not the as good as the 2000 and 3000 series. I feel like at the same price point, though, you can find uh, cigars that are as good or better. You know, yeah, I would agree. They also list the Rocky Patel Vintage 1990 Juniors. Now, these are the little bitty ones. Oh, right, They're $4.15 right. a cigar, uh, but they scored really well. It's a medium-bodied smoke. Well, that's the second wrapper. time that Vintage 1990s come up in this show right. uh, today. Yes. And that's that's one of those cigars that, like, when I first started smoking cigars, that was one of my absolute go-tos. Right at 8 bucks, the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Short Story Maduro. Yeah, buddy. 91. Uh, the Don Pepin Garcia Original Exquisitos which is just the little one with the blue the, the wrapper label. and the blue yeah. uh, footer on the end. Uh, that's at $7.90. The Hoya Silver Corona at $7 scored a 91 from Hoya de, Ni- Hoya de Nicaragua. And the La Galera Habano Half Corona, uh, $6.05. So it's like a, a Corona inside, but half of one, basically. <laughs> so like a short Robusto. Uh, the Nat Seco Casino Real Churchill uh, scored a 91. And the Sancho Panza Extra Fuerte Robusto at seven dollars and forty nine cents. I, I think that's Panza that's years. one that they they rebranded that and reblended yep. it. Yep. And they I saw it, some of these in your it apart. Yeah, I used to smoke Sancho Panzas back in the day. Yeah. I've not smoked any of them. Just the, the simple brown label with the white letters. No, this this well, one has totally the uh, rebranded it. They've totally redone it, and and I mean, bang for buck. That, that's a good one to go with. Maybe nice. we'll maybe we'll grab one of those in a yeah. bit and try it out. All right, we got to take a break. Drinking news is right around the corner, and there's more to come as we taste a little bit of Zaya, six-year uh, rum coming up. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Ian's going to pour some uh, some spirit here as we get into the rum in this uh, shorter segment. I've got spirit. Yes, while I do. You, uh, while you do that, let me give you a few more of these cigars from this under eight dollar list. That we didn't get to in the last segment. The Brickhouse Double Connecticut Churchill. A really nice looking cigar at $7.86 that scored 90 points. And remember, these are the suggested MSRP. So you might, may find these for a little more or a little less in your cigar shop, depending on uh, where they mark things. The Grand Habano Connecticut Number 1 Lunch Break. A little short Robusto with a pigtail cap. 90 points for five sixty-four. The Henry Clay Warhawk Corona. At 90 points for $7.27. The Oliva Siri G Figurato at $7.75. And the Big Payback Maduro Toro, 90 points at $7.50. Now, uh, Daniel just brought us out, and we just lit uh, this uh, very interesting Sancho Panza. It's been rebranded. You said this has been reformulated uh, as well, yeah, right? Yeah, They've re- reblended, re-blended all of this. Yes, and, all of I can just tell you from the first puff, loving this already. This is a double Maduro. And uh, so, as Ian said when he first brought these out, oh, you like me. And I think <laughs> I, I think you really me. do. Yeah. So, um, I want to move on to the rum because this is a shorter segment. This is the Zaya 16-year. And now with rum, things are a little bit different than they are with whiskey in terms of, uh, in terms of how they have to label. 16-year does not mean that's the youngest rum in this mix. It means there is at least one rum in this blend that, that is, is 16, that, yeah, 16 years old. So they can then claim that it's a 16 The way they year. blend rum, though, is, I think, a little different, too. It, it is, and aging is not that. quite as critical a thing, although I do love some well-aged rums. But it can, it can be not quite as critical of a thing uh, for rums uh, or tequilas as it is for whiskey. Whiskey is a, a pretty big deal in terms of... I have to tell aging. you, this smells like breakfast 
Like it I haven't put does. it up to my it, nose. It, it does it have like a, breakfast. It does have a breakfasty uh, uh, aroma to it's it. It's a good it's breakfast. Marshmallowy. Marshmallow. Maybe that's what we're going yeah, yeah, It's so like, like Lucky Charms. Yeah. There. Like Lucky that? Charms. That's a good charms. description on the marshmallow. Yeah, so marshmallowy and, and, and uh, maple syrup. Tons of so. maple syrup. There is a lot of maple on this. Oh, yeah. So I just took... I will say... There's almost a cola flavor to yeah. it. Yes, you're yeah. 100% right. Like, how weird is that? That's it, cola It's kind of good, though. Or even kind of between cola and root beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, better than the hard root beer we had last week. <laughs> the hard root beer was not good. Um, From what so, I'm hearing, that's not saying much. But uh. this is yeah, that's right. This is very interesting though because it has a lot more early heat than I'm used to with rums. Uh, I think it's is this a higher proof, Ian? Can you tell from the? Uh, it says forty on it. Huh. Interesting because it comes off to me like it's oh, a little. Oh no, I lied. Proof. I was looking at the wrong thing. It says fifty-seven point five by volume, so okay. well, yes. substantially bigger. Yes. That explains mm-hmm. it. So that that and explains, it definitely tastes like that. So yeah, that explains why it's just a, a little more boozy. It says and has uh, a little more spice heat. forward with a hint of maple. I think it's more than a hint. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and and that so it gets back to the breakfast. The combination of the marshmallowy uh, uh, thing and then the maple. It's kind of like you had a bowl yeah. of uh, Lucky Charms. And a stack of pancakes. pancakes. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's kind of right. kind of like, like a double IPAs. Yeah. We've got it's the, got uh, a double... it's got a tobaccoy zing to it as well. It, There's so it, many things in here. The, it is now. I will be like, honest with you. This is not usually what I am going for when I go for a rum. I go more for that that sort of sweet molasses vanilla, uh, um, like some of the last rums that we had on the show. This is a little bit different, but I don't dislike it. And I would think that this rum. Would appeal to someone who is more of a whiskey drinker, but is interested. In Maybe rum. it's Maybe big. Just it's it's extra sweet proof. too. Like right up front, it's real sweet. It's got a lot of thin. I, I think that's part of the maple because I'm getting. Yeah, a, a lot I think of, you're right. A, a lot more sweetness on that than a typical rum. That yeah, I drink. I, and I it's a little hot on top of so, that. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot so of things. A very going on. different uh, rum from some of the ones that sure. we've had on the sure. show. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to continue to sip this and contemplate it because that's and what we cola. do. We sip and we contemplate. That was actually one of the original names for the show. Instead of smoking and toasting, it was going to be Sip and Contemplate. But it sounded like it might be kind of boring. So. Just so you know, in, in between the uh, segments, what we're generally doing is we're sipping our uh, uh, drinks, and then we take a puff of our cigar, and then we kind of stare at each other like we're about to say something, and then we don't. Sip and Contemplate. And that works extra good on the pipe show, because then you can turn the pipe uh, yeah, you can do the semi-point with, with the pipe. Yeah, yeah that makes it. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, drinking News is next. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. This program is called Smokin' and Toastin'. We are on location yeah. this week at the uh, amazingly comfortable and chill uh, Cigar Lounge and Humidor at Cigar Town off of Eldridge Parkway in Houston. Uh, we're here with Daniel uh, Goodwin, who uh, is the proprietor of this fine establishment, and who Ian and I both met in Honduras while we were uh, at the Aladino uh, factory and farm. And, and such a fun it, it's trip. It's such a wonderful trip. And uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Do those things happen a lot for uh, guys like uh, like you that are running a cigar store? They, they, people like you. People like me. Yeah, right. they, they have started 
to happen again. Obviously, uh, COVID, they, I'm they, sure, they, yeah, COVID slowed shut down, everything yeah. down, and uh, nothing like taking a trip down to Nicaragua and then getting COVID and have to stay there for a couple of weeks. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, not a good thing. But they are starting to ramp back up, and and I'm actually excited about it because it's been the, my last trip was actually our trip down to Aladino, okay, which yeah. was four years ago. So uh, well, that was that'll be an interesting one to top. Uh, yeah. I would I would say because that one they would they just were so hospitable and they fed us at their house were, and yeah, it was just amazing. it was really really nice so anyway enjoyed it a lot and uh, and hope we get to do more of those in the future in the meantime we'll take our own little trip to florida this week it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I took my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, drinking news returns this week to our most fertile breeding ground for stories of drunkenness and just plain weird behavior the sunshine state of Florida. So it is now with great pride that we unveil to you a new feature here on Drinking News from the vaults of the Floridian Files. Yes. Now, Ian, you'll have to come up with a from the vaults of the Floridian Files song for oh, us. Oh, there will be a song. Future, uh, yes. future <laughs> episodes. Don't threaten me with news. a good time. I've Think heard. of it as a, a Drinking News subset of sorts. Dateline, Marion County where police responded to a 911 hang-up call of a possible domestic abuse case to find a Florida man, Florida man. 39-year-old Ortelio Larazo Alfonso, who admitted to having been in a domestic dispute with a woman. When police spoke to her, she told them that Alfonso had not only gotten physical with her, but that he had assaulted her with a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this was corroborated when the officers found pizza sauce that covered the front of the woman's shirt, as well as on the collar and on the back of her shirt. And the woman even had pizza remnants in her hair and ear area. Dangerous pizza. When uh, deputies entered the home, they also found pizza sauce on the walls and ceiling. So it was apparently quite a pizza slap. That sounds pretty gory, actually. Yes, you can add battery with pizza to the list of things that have landed Florida men in jail. In the man's defense, if there was pineapple on the slice, he may be able to argue in court that he did not, in fact, hit her with pizza. Because we all know that once you add pineapple as a topping, it can no longer be factually described as pizza. That's right, Mike. You pineapple people are weird. Those, those people are strange. Keep, Date, all keep of that them. off my pizza, please. <laughs> Dateline Clearwater, where police arrested a 24-year-old man named Dalton Reed at a family dollar store. Because, of course, they did. After he I got mean, into an argument. In Florida? Do you really need to put that in the story? We After, pretty much assumed he was there. <laughs> he got into an argument, apparently, at the Family Dollar store with the store manager. The argument apparently escalated until the Florida man decided to show that manager a thing or two. And he took the disagreement to the next level by launching a weapon that could potentially be even more devastating than a slice of pizza. <laughs> Reed apparently struck the manager with... A lollipop. Oh. Yes, that's right. A lollipop. We do not have confirmation as to whether the brand of lollipop was a dum-dum or was just a generic sucker 
But either way, the description seems to be appropriate. Uh, while he was not charged with public intoxication, many do suspect that there may have been a copious amount of alcohol involved in the Florida man's aggression, as well as in his choice of a weapon. We've done extensive research here at Drinking News, and we can confidently, confidently declare that throughout history, no fight has ever been won, even one single time, by the use of a lollipop by an offensive combatant. It's hard to look tough with a lollipop. The lolly, apparently. It's, it's, it's like threatening somebody while drinking through a straw. It just, does, it, it's, it just doesn't look right. The lolly apparently struck the manager square in the chest and then dropped rather harmlessly to the floor. Police arrested Reed for assault with candy on a stick. I'm not sure that was the actual he, charge. He threw I, a lolly at me, he did. I think it may have been simple battery. But things became more complicated for the Florida man when cops searched his pockets and found a crack pipe. <laughs> because you, you can't throw that. Because of course they did. Because Florida. Reed was also oh, discovered. <laughs> Reed was also discovered to have an extensive rap sheet and has been ordered by a judge to stay away from the manager in question and stay away from the family dollar store. He's which been charged has, with assault with a delicious weapon. Which, as we all know, may be difficult for a Florida man to do. <laughs> I, I just picture the Bugs Bunny and that little yeah. boy outfit just saying, I've been a bad little boy. <laughs> <laughs> a bad little wabbit. And finally, Dateline Miami and somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. Where a 51-year-old Florida man, Florida man they come all ages, named Reza Ray Bellucci, well, of course was, he was, was detained after being spotted by the U.S. Coast Guard some 70 miles offshore while they were making preparations for Hurricane Franklin. According to a criminal complaint filed in Miami, it took Coast Guard officers five days to bring the man ashore. After they spotted him, attempting to cross the ocean in a man-made floating hamster wheel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a visual. Bellucci told the Coast Guard crew that he was attempting to ride the hydropod vessel to England and that he had a Florida registration, which he was unable to locate for them on board. Uh, the, officers, <laughs> the officers said that the vessel was afloat as a result of wiring and buoys and determined that Bellucci was conducting, and I'm quoting here, a manifestly unsafe voyage, in quote, according that, that, to the complaint. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> when no. they attempted to get him to leave the vessel, Bellucci told them he had a knife and threatened to harm himself. And then the next day, still on his hamster wheel, Bellucci threatened to blow himself up with a homemade bomb when the Coast Guard approached him again about leaving the vessel. Well, he conjured that up pretty quickly while out at I mean, of course, that's what you would have with you, not like food and sustenance, yeah, but a homemade bomb, bomb when you'd you're trying to cross yeah. the ocean. Several days later, after the Florida man admitted that the bomb was not real, of course. the Coast Guard was able to successfully remove him from the vessel and ferry him to Coast Guard base in Miami Beach. Apparently, Bellucci has attempted to make other voyages in illegal homemade vessels of various kinds three previous times. Huh. And each one has been thwarted by the Coast Guard. That darn Coast Guard. You know, back in the 1600s, they just let people do this. So as we bring this edition of From the Vaults of the Floridian Files to a close, several lessons seem reasonably clear. Floating hamster wheels, not a great idea for transatlantic voyages. I, I mean, apologize. It'll get you across a pond, maybe. I apologize we even have to point this one out. He didn't think he was going to get tired? And remember, 
that while it's generally a bad idea to bring a knife to a gunfight, bringing a pizza slice or a lollipop to any kind of altercation is about one of the most Florida things to do that we've ever talked about here on Drinking News. <laughs> Reporting live from the Sunshine State, where my evil plan is to rob a beachfront liquor store with a pepperoni and mushroom slice and a sour apple and butterscotch dum-dum, then escape to Europe in my floating hamster wheel getaway vessel, all of which seems totally normal here in Florida. Uh, my name is Cruz, and that would be your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So, yeah, there you go. Some some real interesting things going on in the state of I, I kind of like the uh, the Floridian files, the vaults of the Floridian files. It's so, Sometimes you can't find one story to take the time, but three of them will make it happen. Uh, sometimes the stories are kind of like one punchline, you know? And so it, it, it takes a few of them added together to make a real episode of drinking news to make it epic but i uh i digress uh, ian i don't think i've handed you our final beer i don't think you have either i've been drinking so i this. should do that right now and this one i can already tell you is going to be almost impossible to read the label because it's very muted silver on black it's uh it's you gotta roll easy. it across the reflection yeah. to even this is from close to transient artisan ales and magnanimous brewing do you need an opener or you have one um uh, it is uh, their collab with Magnanimous Brewing, and it's called Kemagoye. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Kemagoye. Uh, yeah, that's, I have no idea. And it'll tell you on the front there, Ian, just exactly what kind of Imperial Stout this is. It is a... Uh, let's <laughs> I told see. you it would be Blends hard to read. Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. Blanton's Barrel Aged. So, yeah. uh, aged in Blanton's Barrels. Aged in Blanton's barrels. That's I'm sure those were nice. cheap and easy to come by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A slice of pizza and a lollipop. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. We know how difficult it is to even find a bottle of Blanton's. So right. uh, I'm sure a barrel is uh, even simpler, right? Uh, well, you'd have to strike the right deal, I suppose, with Blanton's. And, and listen, these folks at Transient Arsenales, these guys are serious about their beers. They have some IPAs and some stouts that we've tried on this show that have been just absolutely out of this world. And so I, I have high hopes for this one. Uh, and also because they did this in collaboration. I just want to say that the pour on this looks right up my alley. This is dark and ridiculous and yep. not terribly uh, uh, carbonated. Now, Daniel, are you a stout guy? Do you like I, darker beers? I do. Yeah. I do. Not, not typically in the summer, but... Uh... Yeah. Well, at least the AC's on it. Here. This It'll is where fine. Ian differs because he will drink this kind of stuff. I'll, I'll drink floating floating down, down the river. river. I don't care. <laughs> really. Good beer is good beer no matter where you are. And that's just the way it is. There's a, picking up on the nose there, Ian. I'm not picking up a whole lot. There's yeah, a, there's I was going to say I'm a, not either. Okay, thank you. There's kind of you. a whiskey Right, from the, from the Blanton's Barrels. From, yeah, there's kind of a whiskey thing going on, but not a whole lot of... Uh, other stuff on the nose it tastes it's, i'm getting a lot of tobacco smell but i'm pretty sure that's the uh surrounding <laughs> atmosphere yeah but as long as it blends um i'm um, really interested to see what you think when you taste oh. this oh it's good it's yeah. good if you like dates and coffee yeah it's got a real almost barley wine date flavor to yeah, it yeah yeah it's got a that's bit a of that description right there the yeah barley wine it's 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 a little sticky and I kind of like that too. It's uh, it's it's sticky like a Cinnabon. It, you know it's funny because it's not it's not as viscous in the glass as it tastes 
when it hits your palate, it just envelopes everything. It goes everywhere immediately. There's almost no carbonation to it. And it's it's pretty outrageous. And the finish on it which is, that's, has such a great oaky kind of uh, Well, you finish. get back to the bourbon barrel aged flavor there on the finish, I think. But this is how you like these. Like You like them with without much carbonation at all, right? Yeah, I mean, I, well, when it comes to certain certain beers i don't have to have a lot of carbonation if it's a drawn beer if it's a something stout or even you know even some of the porters and stuff i don't have to have a lot i think the carbonation should fit the beer that you're drinking right because if you ever have something that's a good beer but over carbonated it can kind of ruin it i I agree totally in fact there's some uh uh, you know i mentioned how much i love ipas but i've run into a few of them where they've just over carbonated them and it really takes away from you being able to enjoy the flavors of the beer and we've had uh American style barley wines on the show before, and that's one of our complaints about them is they're often too carbonated, too carbonated, too the, hoppy. Yeah, whereas the uh, more traditional style barley wines are not as carbonated and not as. I hoppy will tell you they, that that beer and this cigar. Oh yeah, they form good they, Maduro out with this. They mm-hmm. form like Voltron. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is working. I'm going to have to relight. So, uh, describe this. Uh, describe this stout one more time. So this stout is a. Blanton's bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, and um, it's it's so good. It has that it has that like I don't know how to describe it. It's sticky. It's it's dates. It's woody, like right up front. It has so many delicious things going on with it, and with the cigar, it brings out a chocolatiness in the cigar oh, that. For- for sure that uh, that I wasn't that I wasn't totally experiencing with the cigar to begin with because the cigar I thought was a little more earthy and coffee until I had some of this. Well, I got a little uh, chocolate on the pre-light on this when I was you know first just sniffing the cigar, uh, but I didn't get as much on the actual mouthfeel and the flavors of the cigar until matched up with this. And I do often have to relight after drinking news, so that's just a once I got <laughs> that's this just relit thing, yes. and was able to uh, was able to enjoy it with this. This is. This is a this is like I'm glad the show's almost over because this is a sit back in the chair and just well, yeah, like enjoy here's the thing: it. if you were a co-host like me, you could just sit back and drink because you talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, people it, say that. I talk about that a lot, though. You talk about the pairing of, of the drinks that I always say: you know, pick your drink not to overpower your cigar, and pick your cigar not to overpower your drink. Right. And and, and this is a good blend of, of both: that a fuller body smoke with a fuller drink. So. You know, we should probably do a show in the future where each of us comes up with our three or four all-time favorite cigar, cigar and, and beer, beer pairings yeah, or spirit yeah. pairings. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do like three of each. You know, your three favorite cigar and beer pairings, your three favorite uh, cigar and spirit pairings. But that's something we'll have to put onto the list of things to do in the future. And by the way, uh, right before we go to break, I want you to know I've begun collecting non-alcoholic beers for the upcoming smoking and toasting non-alcoholic beer blind taste test. But what if you drink them all before the I, show? I know there's a huge danger of this. <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, so I'll have to I have to ask my wife to hide some of them so I won't uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. put them all away. Uh, so we'll take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show on location at Cigar Town in Houston and enjoying the Sancho Panza double Maduro. Wow, this is smoking and toasting. back and live at the uh, 
Cigar Town location in uh, Houston's Energy Corridor. Daniel Goodwin is here. Thank you for hosting us, and thank you for the cigars, by the way. Thank these, you guys for joining us. These have both been absolutely lovely. What does this uh, Sancho Panza retail for? Ballpark figure, eight bucks. That's a fantastic That's, yeah. $8 cigar. So, yeah. to, to me, Which is a lot harder to find these days. Well, yeah. yes. There used to be you could, you know, for $8, you were stepping into super premium territory and you could find all kinds of things. Now those cigars seem to be in the $10, $11, $12 correct, range. Correct. But when you can find something at 8 bucks that's this amazingly delicious, and it looks like this will smoke for quite a while, too. Yeah, uh, I, I used to say, you know, 8 to $10 is your range. Now it's more nine to eleven. I now, used to it, think it's of, hard to find that that eight, you know, seven to eight dollars smoke anymore. I used to think of Sancho Panza as more of a uh, you know a discount brand, one that you yes bought for four or five bucks maybe or or right. just a little more, and uh, you know he kind of knew what you were getting, but it was a good basic cigar. This is definitely a step above that. In my no, opinion. there's going to be a few of these that go home with me today. Yeah, that's for sure. And you know another cigar that uh, we had recently. That uh, kind of stepped into that category. Uh, was it one that Trenton uh, brought us? Yes, it was there because oh, oh, the Oliva guys have taken over. Um, uh, not Peter Sidious, Nico Libre one. Uh, Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, I, I'm thinking of the uh, what was it? It wasn't Nico Libre, but yes, that their Nico Libre is amazing. Yes, but I was thinking about the. Uh, I'll think of it in a second. He brought us a couple of them uh, when we had him on the show most recently, and it wasn't. It was. Cuba Aliados. Yes. Aliados. Yes. Okay. And, and yeah. they have reformulated yes. those, and they're wonderful. Yes. Uh, again, yes. formerly something I bought when I needed to fill the humidor with cheaper cigars, and now something that is uh, definitely standing on its own as its own you know, blend in its own right. It's so. interesting to see in the, uh, uh, in the cigar industry, like when, when other companies buy a brand – but right. really actually curate it and take care of it right? and, and relaunch it as something wonderful, you know, it's, yeah. or try to bring it back to a former glory, you know. Now, I didn't get to, uh, to talk about it on the show because I was enjoying smoking these. One of the cigars I bought when I first got here was this Bosphorus, which is the, yes, the uh, one from uh, Tim Osner. So I'm very excited about smoking this because we've read about it. Talked about it on the show, but I haven't had the chance to smoke one. You know, uh, I did a review on that cigar uh, months ago, and I I bought the smallest one. Mm -hmm. And my review basically ended up with, I really enjoyed the cigar. I wish I'd have bought a bigger one. Right, I remember that. It doesn't deliver it like You hate that when you you get right there at the end, you're like, I just need a little more. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. I need 15 more minutes of this or something. Like it was, that was my only complaint about that. To that end, by the way, it wasn't that long ago that I remember reading that the Toro size had surpassed the Robusto as the best-selling size huh. of cigar. That's interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, I probably smoke more Toros than any other size. Churchill's I like, but Cher- I won't pull a Churchill out of the humidor unless I'm convinced I've got the time. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes Robustos I won't pull out because I want to save that for when I know I've only got a shorter time. Yeah. Right, right. So Toro is kind of like the go-to in the middle, I guess. Yeah, uh, get and, a little bit more, but not too much. Right, exactly. So... Uh, but this uh, I, this is wonderful, and as Ian mentioned, the uh, pairing with this uh, wonderful transient artist nails Camagoye. I don't know what that means. But, I have no uh, idea. It means uh, delicious. I know it's delicious. Apparently. That much I can tell you. Luckily, there's not going to be a quiz at the end of this. So yeah, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> There'll be no test at the yeah. end of this. Uh, where did he have to take his gator? <laughs> that's that. That'll be on the quiz. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for hosting us out here this week. This has been uh, a very fun show. I love 
the chill vibe of your uh, place well, all the time while we were doing the show we've had guys just sitting around enjoying cigars and it's just got the most uh you know laid back enjoyable vibe to it and it's absolutely wonderful so, so well thanks uh, for how joining. long have you been here in we've been here uh, october will be 14 years we've that's been here. great um, i yeah. absolutely love we that. don't count that three and a half months that harvey came about but, yeah uh, but that didn't know. count for anybody what, what is, it? is it tuesday nights where you have your movie nights here yes yeah on tuesday night we do movie night uh every week uh it starts between 6 and six thirty. Uh, and there's no talking during movie night yes it is church time uh, there's I love no it. talking we smoke and we enjoy a movie so. what's your favorite movie you've ever done for movie night so we actually started our very first movie ever for movie night was reservoir dogs mm. nice. and, and i think that pretty much describes well, yeah our, i was gonna say that's yeah up, uh, you, you set the bar pretty high there that's uh, that's for sure well uh i recommend going back and digging out a nugget we were talking about before the show night shift with michael keaton and uh, uh henry winkler great great 80s comedy movie ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us for smoking and toasting we will be back with you again next week when we have more to taste and more to talk about and more drinking news have a great week everyone we appreciate you hanging with us at cigar town and uh for now cheers y'all cheers y'all cheers. Yeah.